Wild. Time for start show. Trouble to feed audience. Your move silently and hide checks are successful. Good evening, lords and ladies. You have chosen your entertainment quite wisely. You are about to experience the most wondrous spectacle in the holy multiplanar empire of Voladros and the Wathens. I am your host proprietor, Romande Zwarfinde. Now, please adjust your listening devices to receive the full, scryocastic, stereophonic selection of sounds that is your impresario welcoming you to the 20-sided theater. Dancing lights! much has happened in the four months since returning to Oak Vale and the other places that we frequent on the Prime Material Plane. But Thrimlock Catherine did manage to find Kelora Tamlin, a longtime ally who decided to buckle her swash on the high seas. The Dread Sea Mistress's retinue currently consists of one Lorelei Lunascale, a pacifist druid whose dedication to the radiant celestial dragon Aethasidrine the Open-Hearted, known as the Father of Eternity, should be avoided in conversation at all costs. Not leastwise because mine was the hand that struck him down. In any case, we were having a lovely evening of catching up with friends and companions while ignoring a scruffy homeless penguin. That's the story of how I paid my taxes once. Wait, what are taxes? They're the things we collect from peasants. Oh, things like arms, legs, lungs, and other assorted components. I meant more like grain or fish harvests, and whatever coins we can shake out of them. But I guess some of us do collect a lot of body parts. As a religious institution, the first Scartellian Temple of the Warfather is exempt from the Crown's taxation. We are supported entirely by the tithes of our faithful. 10% of all production belongs to us, be it money, foodstuffs, or offspring. That sounds suspiciously like piracy to me. And I should know piracy, after that three-episode arc that Lorelai and I had last year on the Kalora Tamlin Adventure Scrycast Extravaganza Hour, brought to you by Arena Corp. Plus, you know, all the piracy that I do in my off time. No, no, this is a more legitimate-sounding collection scheme that's completely different from piracy. It happens on the land, inside towns, for starters. Uh, Katharan, what's the word for... The town leadership was both corrupt and inept, so now they work for us and we skim 16% off the top. I know there's a word for that in Elvish. Romande, I believe the word you are so ineptly searching for 
is racketeering. I think the elvish cavortectoire sounds much better. Oh, uh, hang on a second, guys. There, there's something important that I have to tell you all. Lorelai, could you please cover your ears for a bit? Of course, Galora. I'll put my hands over my ears and sing the traditional Mermelf song, Innocence. Yeah, that's that's good. So, um, I'm not quite sure how to say this, but, um, Lorelai's my prisoner. Yeah, so? I had kind of assumed that she was your version of Sonoma or something. D does she not know that she's your prisoner? You, you know, Kalar, that only disaster can come from keeping secrets. That's right. The no secrets rule is why Tuxie and I have such a great relationship. If you'd like, I can suggest that she not remember this conversation. No need, Bod. The brain spiders are already on their way. Uh, thanks? Anyway, there was this island that was perfectly strategically placed for an, um, <clears throat> a lucrative sailor such as myself. You know, the P word. Proselytizers? Like Amanand and Maldred keeps sending out from their temples? No, chameleon, she means pomegranates. Her sailing has obviously been fruitful. God damn it, I hate you so much. Pirates, okay? I'm a goddamn pirate, not a proselytizer. Or, or, how the fuck could you possibly think that anyone could become a pomegranate for their job? I don't know what humans are and aren't capable of, and the only thing that I'm less interested in than that is learning anything about dwarves. You know, their beards are actually accumulated dirt. <sighs> Anywho. There was this island that nobody could get to because it was constantly surrounded by this eerie fog. So the pirate admiral, whose name I cannot say without needing to kill you, put a bounty on the sorceress of the island. No ship could approach the thick fog and the sharp, shallow rocks. So, humble, mild-mannered badass that I am, I swam for seven miles to get to the shore. Were there any dangers along the way? Oh, you bet your cloaca, chameleon. I had to fight a shark, hand to fin, and I not only narrowly escaped by getting her stuck in a giant clam. And then there were these massive seven-tusked boars that ran wild all over the island. They were both tasty and useful. I was able to fashion their hides and bones into a crude siege ladder to reach the top of the tower, where the sorceress lived. So exciting. I'm glad you got a deal with Dromonde to record all of your adventures after that. Yeah, the whole island thing made up our two-part pilot episode. So, long story short, I just asked her to come with me, and she said yes. She doesn't know I'm supposed to turn her in for a bounty, and she's kind of fun to have around, so I think I might keep her. Okay, honey, you can take your hands off your head now. Oh, sweet barnacles, what is that? Thing crawling out of your ear. It looks like a perfect snack for Mr. Peckybee. Nothing to worry about. Just the last of the brain spiders finishing up its work. Lorelei won't recall any of this conversation by tomorrow morning. Er, uh, um, Lady Featherfoot? What are your plans for uniting the penguin tribes across the globe? You might be able to conquer the ice penguins, but the st 
eye penguins will prove a much bigger challenge. Don't worry about that, Luwak Airwaka. This party is very good at shifting impossible odds, so they're in our favor. Ugh! I don't want to see any more fucking penguins! Ooh, I love birds! All the swimmy swallows should live together in one big happy nest. The Pengonquin do not nest. But I take your point, Lorelai. Shame on you, Steve. How could you not want to meet the lava penguins that this raggedy, smelly penguin man has been describing? What, you don't want the adventure of investigating a week of world's-class extreme sporting events, such as lava surfing, crater skating, and roller discos? Not since he said that the lava penguins aren't always on fire. That's the most extreme thing possible, and anything less bores me. Well, I guess that makes some sense. You did grow up as a gladiator for the arena of our crap before riding our coattails out of there. That great horrible one has some pretty extreme tastes and enough power to realize them. Steve, I'm sure that the lava penguins can make you on fire. Or maybe a coastal penguin can do that if a certain uneducated chameleon doesn't stop bad-mouthing my species. No offense meant, Issa. I just meant that it sounded way more interesting when I thought the lava penguins were always on fire. I'm still game for adventure. Good. First, we need to decide which tribes to approach diplomatically. Tuxi, get me the map. I want Luwak here to mark every place he's come across that's home to a penguin tribe. Right away, Fishball Head. And the next thing you'll need is a diplomat to send out to these tribes. Fortunately, I'm a master of disguise who speaks penguin. Observe! Walk, walk, wake up and walk, walk. Thrimoth, put that wicked, yellow wicked, clay wicked, cup wicked, down. Wicked, Do not wicked, fasten it over your nose as a beak. It looks nothing like a beak. Is this guy for real? I've never seen anything so What's next? Is he going to pull out the grease paint and put on some white and black face? Can't hear you penguins over the sound of this cup on my nose. Now I'll adjust the string and... Hmm. Who looks like they'll fall for this disguise? Hey you, fatso! Walk, walk, walk! Quack, walk, wiggle, walk, everybody walk, and I love fish and all that. I'm not fat, I'm punchy. And yes, I am a cleric who happens to have cast comprehend languages quite recently. But I'm sorry, son, I, I can't quite understand what you're saying. Um, let, let me adjust the spell a bit. There, that should be better. Now, lad, what did you want to know about? Oh, is it that drought up north that's making the swamp elves so nervous? Or, oh, 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 maybe it's the blood-red star that rises in the west, certainly foretelling the doom of us all. (laughs) None of that, you weirdo. I just wanted to know if you thought I was a penguin or a blindfolded elf with a yellow cup over his nose. 
Oh, but before you answer, I just remembered something that I was supposed to do over the last three weeks or longer. I don't have the time anymore, so I'm going to send you upon this quest. Go to the Echo Mountains and check in on that orphan we sent there. Make sure he's still alive and stuff, in case we ever need a silent monk to defend this town. And stop being so happy about miserable things, or I'll give you something to be really happy about. But uh, uh, the the Echo Mountains are on the other side of the ocean, (laughs) somewhere south of Flenth. And it's just about winter, and everybody knows that's the most dangerous time of year to be crossing the seas. (laughs) Don't care. By the way, now that you think your spell is working, do I look like a penguin to you? I suppose you do. Weren't you just over at the other end of the bar, wearing a tuxedo and a domino mask? You you had a map and you were pointing out various spots on it. Well, you also looked on and asked questions. Yep, all three of those guys were and continue to be me! Plus this me! Now get out of here, you weirdo cleric! Off on your quest! See, Issa? I'm even great at convincing people that I'm four of you guys. That doesn't make any sense, and yet I still hate you. Can we perpetuate a genocide against just those two holes after you've united our species, Lady Featherfoot? Come now, Luwak. At least one of those beings may prove to be quite useful someday in your eventual fight to survive the hungering end. Oh yeah, I'd forgotten about that. There's this imminent doom thing threatening the entire multiverse in case you weren't up on the news. That's absolutely correct. Imminond, Thrimlock... Should we describe who and or what the Hungering End is for those present who haven't been in direct combat with them? No thanks. That's okay. Lorelei is correct. We should not take this moment to describe the coming destruction and the Empire's 10,000-year history of standing between civilization and the Howling Darkness. There are much more important concerns to be addressed at this moment, such as the discovery and eventual absorption of a dozen or so new tribes who are yet to be blessed by the father of war and mother of weapons. Wait a minute, guys. I just realized something. Lorelai, you haven't formally met the bard yet. Surely you've heard of Romande. Who? Dun, dun, dun! Um, I just need to, uh, slowly back away into this corner and cast Gateway for a moment! Don't cast your spells so close to me, Thrimlock. It's too hard for my chameleon skin to match all the swirling colors you like to use. Oh, ye cheeky gods! I haven't felt this particular thrill since I first set out from Acoustica to escape my sister. My dear Lorelei, you are about to experience the most wonderful musical spectacle in all of Western Scotalia. For the indefinable Romande Zwarfinde is about to cast the Bard's most important spell. Summon Loot! 
Okay, I am not gonna sit here while we listen to 45 minutes of Romande playing an intro before a 12 second bridge and then another 22 minute moon solo. Can we please skip ahead? It is playing so pretty. I think I'll have to draw out my pan pipes and stop the woodland section for this too. <laughs> Music party! Oh, the atmosphere of my violin! Helena, what are you. Oh, oh, never mind. Join us and play your heart away, my least unfavorite niece. I'm your only niece. Thus, you are my least unfavorite in said category. Now, I suppose I can still pull focus if I lift my voice above everyone else's instruments. Ooh, you sing too, Mr. Bird? Then all of the finches can tweet along as your backup singers while the hummingbirds write the beat. I'm definitely skipping ahead now, before Romande starts scatting with the birds. I mean, you know, it does sound pretty amazing, and please don't tell him I said that, but we really don't have the seven and a half hours that are really necessary to fully appreciate this impromptu symphony. That was some hells of a performance! Indeed it was, Master L. Walker. And now you've heard of me, Lorelei. Actually, I still haven't heard of you. I've just met you and heard you play. Romande, you, you take, take one, one point, point of, of charisma, charisma damage. <clears throat> My ego! As great as that performance was, not least of which because that offensive blindfolded guy with the cup on his face wasn't at all involved. Can we please get back to the task at hand? My flipper is starting to cramp from all the writing you're having me do. Yeah, yeah, keep your beak on. Look, Luok, I really appreciate everything you're doing for us here, but you really need to learn to go with the flow. Especially when Romande somehow ends up pulling in two other musicians for an impromptu concert. Now, where were those acid penguins you mentioned? The night passes, and you're all well into your cups when suddenly every elf and half-elf in the bar snaps to rigid attention. Their lips peel away from their teeth in horrible, rictus grimaces, and they stand with all muscles taut for a long minute. They blankly stare into the ceiling as they begin to speak in unison. Hello? Is this thing on? You have the honor of being contacted by His Excellency. Give me that twinket, you fool. We have no time for pleasantries. This is the Emperor himself. I am reaching out to all forces in the field, to all strike teams, to our allies, and to our enemies. Sound Star, the holy city of Volantros, and the Weavens is under attack. The ongoing end has returned. And our knights and magi are not enough to hold back the flood. If they take the gateways in the harbor, then all is lost. They will ravage and consume all worlds that our empire has touched. Whether you love us or hate us, you must send your armies. You can kill us all later if you get the chance. We at least would die knowing that there will be a All of the vocal conduits relax and regain control of their bodies. Come, my flock. 
The hand of Makar moves the throat, lungs, and tongues of these elves. The Emperor himself is in peril, and we must away to one side or another in that unhallowed battlefield. Yes, let us away to the port that we might earn our statues in the Empire's Halls of the Valiant. What the hells, guys? What about finding all the penguin tribes so I can finally have a homeland and the peace of mind that comes with cold revenge against your parents? Keep your feathers on, Luwak. We're not going to forget about our quest to unite the penguin tribes. Yeah, we can still go conquer all of the penguin tribes across the planet, and we'll probably still have time to go save the Emperor afterward. Now, let's see. I think I have the proper registration for a schooner somewhere in my robes here. Drimlock, how dare you! The Emperor himself has called for our aid, and you want to go off sailing? I'm actually good either way. Thrimlock owes me a boat, so I'll just commandeer the first one that drops you guys off. I'm inclined to agree with Master Shinuda. You idiots have been presented with a summons to unholy war, and you immediately shirk your duties. Makar is severely displeased by your sloth. Master Shinuda, Father Maldreth, think of it this way. If we go to unite the Penguin tribes first, then the result will be an enlarged congregation of war penguins who all have various elemental resistances. Furthermore, these will be bolstered by as many new implements of carnage as Imminent can manufacture from the remains of our enemies. Well, the phrase 12 temples of the war penguins certainly does have a nice ring to it. And I suppose that some of our aquatic avian followers will eventually succumb to mortality, thus providing ever more defense for the Emperor. So it's settled then. We're not going straight away to the enormous deadly siege. Precisely. Those lava penguins sounded pretty neat, so we'll go visit them first. Thrimlock, do you actually own a boat, or are you just finding an excuse to rummage through your robes again? But those penguins aren't all on fire. How can they be extreme if they're not on fire? I'm sure we'll find a way, Chameleon. Fire always finds a way. Uh, I'm not sure that's such a good idea. Unless you'd like to be packed with a beak that spent the last 80,000 years evolving to survive swimming in magma. Tuxie's right. We're going to conquer these people, and we don't want any insurgency, so no setting anyone on fire until it's absolutely necessary. We are going to find the lava penguins, and that is the last word. Luwak, where are they? Well, those too cool to hunt fish in schools lava penguins live across the sea to the south. Their volcanic archipelago doesn't have many good harbors, but I know of a cove that can shelter our vessel. If we can row for two days across the open sea. My tummy's feeling funny. It's probably something you drank. The living are forever slowly poisoning themselves with drink. No, that's not it. 
I mean, it might explain why I'm feeling a pitch and yaw in my gut, but Lorelei doesn't drink anything except for nectar mixed with morning dew. What the hell is going on? I think I know what you're talking about, ladies. I felt fine when I got here, but now I'm feeling a little... <laughs> How about you guys giving me some spot checks? Um, Imanon, why are you glowing? Ah, the glow appears to be a side effect from long exposure to the elementals that the Bulwark Legions captured on the plain of Plutonium. I'm undead, so the radiant nausea does not affect me. Have you tried... bathing? I would never bathe. My wrappings would get all moldy. If you really want, you and Lorelei can help me construct a dry decontamination chamber. Um, no thank you, Mr. Mummy. That means working inside, and my flocks need the freedom of the open skies. Well, if bathing's not an option, I'm out of ideas. Meh, it's fine. Just remember to ask Torea to cast Restore for you! Every time you stand within ten ILDMs of Imminent. Also, Kalora, you're a pirate, and your first suggestion was... Bathing? I'm a classy pirate. You know, like that Moira Rua chick who threw Queen Elizabeth's snot rag into an open fire rather than stuff it up her sleeve. Miss Chameleon Lady? You look a little sad. Is there something I can do to help? No, it's nothing, Lorelai. I just... Wanted to become an adolescent mutant assassin chameleon, but now I'm a positive energy undead. I can't mutate no matter how long I stand near Imanon. Oh, I can help with that by the wild growing tangles of nature, bolstered by the sheltering radiance of a Therisidran the open hearted. We shall restore you to life. Um, Nothing happened. Of course it didn't, silly. Resurrection takes ten minutes to cast. Now come over here to the stage and we'll get Miss Halema to play some nice violin music while we put you back on nature's intended path. So anyway, if we're going to hunt some lava penguins, then we'll need to make sure there's enough room on the boat for Gentleman and Spirit of the Swift Wind. Gentleman's a bit of a prima donna, so he'll need two cabins and three stalls, all for himself. Mr. Cupface, I hope your boat is a really big one. Well, I'm not actually sure which ship we'll be taking, Mr. Scruffy Homeless Penguin. Let's go down to the docks and find out! You do know that it's the middle of the night, right? Duh! That's the best time to sneak around the docks. Less chance of anybody seeing you or trying to stop what you're up to. Let's get going! More. All better. <gasps> I'm alive! Within a half hour, you all stand swaying beyond the docks, searching for a vessel to take you to the southern continent. Now to find a boat. Anyone happen to have one handy? I used to have a boat. Hey, Thread, didn't you have a flying boat with a stage on the back of it? Can't we use that? I do, and we cannot. The theater ship is in the shop for repairs and repainting. A certain druid named Still, who shall remain unnamed, 
tied the damn thing to the lighthouse for the whole time we were gone. And now it's got no fuel and a terrible case of sky rot. Well, that's good, because I have a boat, kept in special reserve for exactly this type of situation! You do? Yeah, sure. I do other things. You don't know me. You don't see me questioning you about all of your penguin rituals while you're at home. I do see that, like every other day. Well, if you were a better conversationalist, then you could have at least asked me about all of my wizard rituals sometime along the way. You're a terrible friend, Issa, just like Sir Gnome. I hate you, you crazy, electively blind, pointy-eared, drug-addled weirdo. See? Terrible friend. Anyway, down to the boating! But first, I'd like to cast a fireball! Ugh. Why and at what? None of your business, and at this gateway! Grimlock, I think you've been getting even more irresponsible with your portaling lately. Yeah, probably. Sometimes I'll just leave a gateway in a shadowed alley so it's hard to see until you're through. Honestly, I only walk through about 40% of the gates I open now. Well, the docks were fairly lightly guarded until just a second ago. By Mr. Disembodied Voice, what's just happened here at the docks where we're standing? Oh, nothing happened at the docks, Lorelei. But the bank in the center of town just blew up. Someone seems to have been tunneling under the bank using dynamite. And someone else just opened a portal to the explosives cache. But that's caused quite a ruckus in the center of town, so most of the harbor guards are grabbing buckets and running to help put out the flames. Perfect. Under the cover of darkness, we shall make our exit. Just like the Achaeans before they came back to slaughter those Willusian idiots. Honestly, who in their right mind thinks that it's a good idea to dismantle your own city walls in order to bring an enormous and obviously hollow beast of burden inside? As effective a distraction as that turned out to be, I really think Thrimlock may have a portaling problem. On top of all his other problems. Yeah, it's great, isn't it, Penguin? Look, I've even learned to throw my portals so they land flat! You'll never guess how many test bunnies that took. Oh, how many planes those bunnies are now on! Here's a little hint. They're now on more planes than there were bunnies at the start. Should we think about bringing some housewarming presents for the lava penguins? What sort of thing would they like to have, do you think? Well, Lorelai, if I were a lava penguin, I'd be happy to see a full mug of ice water. Do the lava penguins even need water? I mean, they all live in volcanoes. So there's probably not much around for them to drink. Shame on you, chameleon. All living organisms require water for survival. Were you not paying attention when the elemental emissaries gave us their homilies? Yes, the emissary from the plane of water clearly stated, without water's presence, sometimes only the lightest caress. Without water, life cannot take root. I should prepare a penance for you to complete while we travel. I should also prepare a drought. Um, would it help if I brought along this decanter of endless water for the lava penguin? Indeed, it would help. It would help reduce the time you idiots spend looking for a large volume of potable water 
and it will help reduce your penance by almost a whole quarter hour. You can start once we get onto the ship. Where is your vessel anyway, Thrimlock? None of these floating crates look like proper conveyance for the High Priest of the Church of War. That's because none of these is my ship. My ship is held in reserve! An enormous portal opens up about halfway between the Empire's protective flotilla and the harbor. It slices the fabric of reality, stretching to over 200 ILDMs in width and 160 in height. Actually, the portal is 220 ILDMs tall, but the other 60 are under the ocean surface. I mean, a ship is coming through, and they don't tend to stop at the waterline. You should know that voice. I know how boats work. Thank you, Thrimlock. Now we all understand how boats work. Thank you, Misa. The vessel in question is larger than almost all the others in sight, except for the Imperial flagship. The ship slowly creeps through Thrimlock's expanding portal, poking its enormous stallion-carved figurehead into your time space first. The carving at the front of the ship has its mighty hooves raised, so that it appears to be dancing and leaping over the waves. Hey, gentlemen! That carving bears a striking resemblance to a certain fancy someone who loves apple slices. The sails shimmer with faint blues and purples that stand out against the argent sheen of the boat's silverwood walls. Once you reach the main deck, you find the planks a deep burgundy color. Oh, sweet! This is certain to hide all the bloodstains. Hide the bloodstains? Do you even know what it took to get enough stain for this project? Let's not dwell on that for now, since it's likely that Imanon and Malgraf will take the most interest in the details of that particular project. You hear the tap-tap, tap-tap, of somebody with a limp climbing a ladder below decks. And a moment later, the ship's suit sailor emerges from the hold. Well, brother Schadenfreude, I'm glad you cast comprehend f***ing languages recently, because I only speak the f***ing language of the seas. And I won't have my ridden mouth befouled by any of that shit-tongued land comment. Oh, ho, oh, oh. It's a good thing you stepped out of that alley to offer me passage, just as I was passing the bank. Oh, oh, oh. just think of all the trouble if I had been accused of that crime. Oh, oh. There's no way that the Church of Miserable Company would ever be able to pay back all of those clients. Ho 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 ho, as it is, most of them will be homeless for months before they see anything from their Scotalian Baker's insurance policy. <laughs> you notice very quickly that the suit sailor speaks sea con, which is actually 98% identical to land con, just with more cursing. Kravach! Some of the cursing is in dwarf. Oh, if it isn't the Lord High Fuckmeister himself, Master Thrimlock. You haven't paid me fucking harbor tax in weeks. Now I'm down to the shittiest, most obrocous kind of foodstuffs and entertainments when I get to the docks. Now if you'd done as I'd fucking asked, we'd have retrieved the hidden fucking treasures from the depths of the Kenbic Hydra mines. Deep within the privatest, most deeply hidden crevice of the Nine Seas. Ooh! Forget lava penguins! Let's go see what's involved in a Hydra mine! Better not listen to this guy, unless he's talking about weather or which lines to pull on. 
I've checked out most of the stuff he suggested, and about half of his stories are complete bumpkiss. The fact that the other half are dead true or more dangerous than he described is reason enough to ignore him until we have nothing else going on. But I wanted to see the Hydra mines. For the last time, no. We are going to see the penguins first. Can we see the Hydra mines on the way to the penguins? It would make a good story to tell the penguins when we get to them. And if we show up with the spoils from both the Hydra Mines and the Penguin Tribes, it'll make an even better story when we finally show up to defend the Empire against its immortal and timeless enemy. Honestly, I'm happy so long as we spend at least a month on this ship. What do you say, Lorelai? Up for some adventure in the Hydra Mines on the way to the Lava Penguin's lair? Well, that Emperor sounded pretty worried, but he also called a lot of people, so... Someone is surely going there to help. And Mr. Surfinday makes a good point about getting all of our new friends together to help the old ones. Uh, you guys do realize that there's a 50-50 chance of the Hydra Mines not even existing at all, right? Well, then if it's on the way between any two penguin tribes, we can make a stop off to see if the Hydra Mines are worth further investigation. If they're not, then we keep moving. I move that we vote. All those who wish to see the Hydra Mines before we look for lava penguins, and then go find all the other penguin tribes before finally answering the Emperor's call. Vote now. Father Makar will lead us to any reasonable challenges. I vote EA on investigating the Hydra Mines, since we'll have a great number of penguins to conquer no matter our initial course of action. I'd rather go see the penguins first, but if it's on the way, I guess I'm willing to stop and investigate the Hydra Mines. I abstain. I'm just happy on a boat. I vote against the Hydra Mines. Your voting rights only extend to civic and national issues, Luwak. You're not formally attached to anybody in this party, so my vote of yes Hydra Mines completely obliterates your no. I've already voted yes for the Hydrabite. I vote for whichever course makes the better story. And searching for the lost treasure of the Hydra Mines is as good a place for a story to start as anywhere else. Then it is unanimous with one abstention. We find the Hydra Mines first. But, guys, the Emperor himself called you for help. I mean, the lava penguins are pretty close to another imperial gateway, so it's probably fine if you go see them first. But really? You're gonna go search for treasure on the advice of a crusty old soothsailer who's only right about half of the time when the capital city of the Empire is under attack? Indeed we are. This way, we'll be able to provide even more help than we could at the moment. Besides, like Lorelai said, there are probably hundreds, if not Thousands of adventurers converging on Sandaskar right now. We'll make it there eventually, and they'll have plenty of arrow fodder to hold out until we arrive. God, you guys are frustrating. Set the mainsail! Tack the mizzenmast! Spin the astrolab! Do other sailory things! We depart with the tides!
the 20 Sided Theater online at 20sidedtheater.com. And follow us on Twitter through scryomagical links that Imanon and Thrimlock have established. You can follow Romande at Illustrious Row, Master Shenuda at Shenuda Necroco, Thrimlock at Thrimlock, Issa Featherfoot at Lady Featherfoot, and Spirit of the Swift Wind at Spirit O-T-S-W. The 20 Sided Theatre is a joint production of Bear Industries and the Shenouda Necromancy Corporation. This episode stars Gabriel Abenanti, Natalie Abenanti, Becky Chambers, Blake Parker, Caridwin Quatrin, Ian Quatrin, Rory Quatrin, and Tony Scarufi. Written by Rory Quatrin and edited by Blake Parker. My cadre of backstage magicians and orchestra pit bards sources only the finest non-GMO, organic, free-range Creative Commons music for the 20-sided theater's soundtrack from the wilds of your internal net. Tonight's episode featured music by Dawn of Neptune, Ditenado, John Stewart, Cubby and Jonas Dam, Patashu, Stephen O'Brien, Tristan Lowengrin, and VCMG. You can subscribe to the 20 Sided Theatre on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Review us favorably and help spread the word about the 20 Sided Theatre to your friends, families, and adventuring companions. Or else Thrimlock will show you the many planes and deadly experiences his irresponsible portaling can take you to... permanently. For a complete list of and links to all the music and sound effects you heard on tonight's episode, visit the show notes at 20sidedtheater.com. And as a final thank you, I have an announcement and an endorsement. Kilora Tamlin, <clears throat> excuse me, Becky Chambers has written some books of scientific and speculative fictions. Go find The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet at your favorite local bookseller or internal net merchant. And be on the lookout for A Closed and Common Orbit, wherever only the finest fictions are sold. You can find out more about Becky Chambers and her writings at otherscribbles.com. Now, let me tell you a truth. The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet is one of the best reads you'll ever come across. And you can trust me on that. See? No bluff check. Join us next time at the 20-Sided Theatre.
Katharan? Are you there? I'm tapping into the elven thoughtscape again. Indeed I am, Katharan. That must mean that this is another exciting instance of Thrim and Rose Elven Corner. What's the topic of discussion today, Katharan? Well, Katharan, today we'll be talking about spicing up your life through traditional elven methods and techniques for foraging and cooking. That we shall, Katharan. You know, we elves are simply unparalleled at turning a handful of berries, some tree bark, a bit of moss, and some mushrooms into a tasty and nutritious treat. Way better than those pustulant dwarves. You know, I hear they farm giant maggots and somehow turn their waste products into cheese. But before we get too far into that topic, please allow me to introduce our two guests. Hmm, let's see here. This handwriting is terrible. It's almost like the person who wrote it doesn't have individuated fingers. I think the first one is... Is... Is C.L. Um... Fish Blossom, and the next is Lulok Sky Swimmer. Welcome, Fish Blossom and Sky Swimmer Katharuk. Thank you, Master Sorvinde. This is my second favorite controversial Scrycast currently hosted by an elf. Have you ever seen? I will never interview my brother, starring Isriana Alafinde. Glad to be here, Knife Ears. As an elf, I'm a big fan of talk shows with a speciesist premise. Ha ha! Isn't it great that we can call each other that, but it's super offensive if it comes from a non-elf? And I'd forgotten about your sister's talk show, Romande. It's still killing us in the ratings, isn't it? Such bad news as my sister can never be allowed to pass my perfect ears. And, speaking of exquisite elven ear shape, I would like to compliment you, Fish Blossom and Sky Swimmer Katharuk, on the polished pointedness that pervades your oral structure. And I doubly compliment the two of you on the fashion choice of tucking your ears behind a bandana so that the pointy bits stick out of the top. I think I might try that look myself. Well, we elves don't have to try very hard to look good, so your compliment means very little to me. But hey, thank you anyway, Splitterbutt. You know, because we're all elves and we sleep in trees, we all have splinters in our butts, especially Thrimlock. I will have you know, Isiel, that I have no splitters in my butt or elsewhere as of 5.52 a.m. every morning. Splinter removal is one of the daily chores on Sir Gnome's quest list. Right after that, it's Torea's turn to lay on hands to stop all the bleeding from Sir Gnome's bot tweezer craft. But yes, morning splinters are a common problem to us elves. Let's get to the topic at hand. Fish Blossom Katharan, I see that you've brought a variety of jams, jellies, marmalades, chutneys, and preserves. Mostly fish or kelp-based from the look of things. So that means that you must be from one of the many tribes of coastal elves. Oh yeah, traditional gathering and preserving techniques and everything. Lulok and I are big into the canning and preserving business among the coastal elves. Oh yeah. We're totally big with the coastal elves. 
Actually, I'm kinda surprised you don't know me already. I mean, we're both of the same species, so we obviously know each other. At least by reputation. Don't be silly, Katharan! I mean, there's a certain amount of social awkwardness that's easily smoothed over by tapping into the elven thoughtscape when you first meet. But none of us elves actually cares about knowing each other that well. Now, if we're going to try all of this fish jelly, we'll have to convey it to our mouths somehow, and I forgot to bring the silverware! Luckily, I've been researching a spell for just such an occasion. Prepare to feast your mouths on Linanian's Toasted Crackers! <laughs> well, that's... That's actually pretty impressive. You you might not be a total write-off of a person after all. Well, now that Thrimlock Catherine has provided the crackers but no silverware, how will we spread all this jam? Here, I've got a butter knife. And I have two if you need them. Wh what? Y you two aren't elves at all! I can't believe I let you two dastardly penguins call me all of those foul speciesist epithets! And that I told you about my morning desplintering routine! Now you know how it feels, Mr. I use a cup as a beak. Penguin, just wait till Sir Gnome hears of this! Talk to the flipper, Katharacan. <gasps> How dare you mispronounce the word for cousin so badly that it sounds like the word for a brawl or fight taking place in a light shower or heavy mist. Get off my elves-only talk show! And leave those headbands here so that Thrimlock and I can try out the new fashion. He's a good work. You know, Luwak, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Well, that's another ruined episode of Thrim and Rose Elven Corner. Stay tuned for Chip Dipson's Action Town Criers, bringing you all the news that your overlords have decreed you should care about. <laughs>